Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Are you fixated on who you should be or who you truly are? Are you exhausted from trying to control so many things that are out of your control? And what if your goals are really just lies rooted in fear and wounding? Coot Blackson returns to discuss his latest book, The Magic of Surrender. Today, we dive into the crazy belief that it's us against the universe, and we'll learn why the key to putting on our big boy pants is to embrace the unknown. Surrender, you know, when I, when I bring this topic up with folks, especially men, surrender in our world is synonymous with defeat. So I think we've got a language. I think we've got, a, you know, a, a semantics issue with this concept of surrender. And when we talk about why surrender would be valuable. So when we're, we're talking about surrender here in this context, what are we really talking about? What do you mean when, when, when you start to speak about surrender to, to the people that you're helping? Surrender. Yeah. I think in our culture today, surrender has some negative connotation, misunderstanding, uh, limited idea. Um, but I really believe that surrender is the key to freedom. Surrender is the key to the next level. Surrender is the key. When I look at all the great ones, you know, truly great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Muhammad Ali, uh, Mandela, Malaya Yousafzai, at some point, even Michael Jackson in his dance moments, Michael Jordan, at some point, they all had to surrender. They had to let go. They had to let go. So to me, surrender is when we stop trying to control everything in our life. In so many ways, we try to fit life into our box, our limited idea of what we think it should be and how we think it should look and how what we think should happen and a certain timeline and many times our idea of how we think should be is, is limited by our level of consciousness, our ego, our identity, our perception, which is often conditioned by our past programming from our childhood and wounds and generation patterns and religion and what have you. So 
what we think we what we think should be and the goals that we set and how we perceive life is 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 very one dimensional. And so to surrender is to stop trying to control life. <clears throat> to surrender is to stop trying to fit life into a box. To surrender is to stop trying to force life, manipulate life, is to let go of the idea of who we think we should be, let go of the life that we think we should have. That's often a projection and really kind of feel deeper to open to the life that is seeking to express, to open to a deeper impulse of life that is seeking to unfold and express through us. And I would say move into a state of allowing, allowing our soul, allowing something deeper, allowing an authentic expression, allowing, shall I say, life to live us, you know, allowing life to live us. And I think when we surrender our attachment to outcome, attachment to preconceived ideas, then I think we become truly available to a bigger reality. Then we become truly available to, to more than what we can imagine for ourselves, because we, are, we sometimes think, oh, this is what I want, right? But I don't know about you, bro. I'm sure, you know, we've talked about this, but uh, sometimes- well, let, me just, we, let me just check in with you for yeah. a second, because I want to come back to this, this point um, that it, you know, I use the word allow, and I allow. find that that's, you know, most of us, I, I love that you brought up forcing too, which most of us, it's kind of celebrated in our culture, grind, hustle, push, you know, yes. we've got, we know how to do that in our culture. And, you know, that's kind of the yang part of the yin yang, right? But we miss that that's only, you know, three cylinders of a six cylinder engine or five of a 10, right? So it's, it's, it's coming back to what's the, what are those other cylinders if we want to have embrace all of that power? And that other one is allowing it's that it's knowing when to allow or receive, but yeah. that doesn't mean give up. And so no. maybe we could, maybe we could talk about that a little bit because that's it, what it feels like. Yeah, it that's, doesn't, that, it doesn't that mean, brain. okay, for the ego, right? The ego, which is the, the way in which we identify ourselves based on our past, our programming, our conditioning, our emotions, our thoughts, our past memories, the sense of identification of who we think we are, not necessarily who we really are, but what we've been conditioned to be. Surrender is scary because we think that, it's given well, let's up. address, let's address this part about the difference between allowing there's still an engagement in there instead of okay, yes, giving yeah, something yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah right, can, right. Can you tease that, that apart? Yeah. That's why I think to truly allow is not giving up. It is, it is, it is not doing nothing. It is not laziness, right? It is not just sitting there on the couch. It is being in surrender is actually being in full participation with life open-hearted participation with life. And it's like, you're a surfer, bro. You go to the ocean. I don't know if you've ever done this. Maybe you do this all the time. You go to the ocean and you're like, fuck it. I'm going to make this shit happen. I'm going to make this ocean happen. I want a good freaking surf today. I'm going to have the best surf of my life. And I'm going to manifest, use my manifestation, law of attraction skills. And we're going to make this the best surf ever. And you take a freaking, what, a hose? And you you got your buddy there. You got Alex. You got Pooh. You got, we're, we're hosing you. You're trying to get your surfboard to catch that wave. It's not happening. But, but the goal is, you're, I'm assuming, you know, you're in the ocean. You're feeling the ocean. And you're feeling the energy of where the ocean is moving, where the wave is moving. And then when that wave moves, you're in tune, you're in tune with the rhythm of the wave. You're not just sitting there asleep. 
You're not just sitting there on the beach. You're, you're engaging life, feeling for the authentic movement. And then when the wave moves, you, 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 you go into motion, you, you catch the wave, you get on your board, you, you put all of your skills into practice, but you're, you're, you're allowing life to lead you. And when you feel that deeper impulse intelligence of life moving, then you give 100% and, and, and you align your thoughts, your thinking, your emotions, and your actions with with the authentic movement. So, so you're not like blocking the wave. You're not blocking the, the authentic desire, authentic desire. You're, you're feeling for what's authentic. Then you're structuring your goals, your decisions, and your actions around that. So here's two questions. I know you want to say something, but here's two questions. What we've been conditioned to ask in our limited self-help kind of personal development culture is what do I want? What do I want? What do, what do I want? Set your goals, be specific. What do you want? Yeah, but you might get everything you thought you wanted only to realize, shit, this is not what I really wanted. It was just what I thought I wanted based on who I thought I was. And so if we're living in a conditioned identity, what we think we want, and even many of our goals, this why we often have a hard time allowing many of our goals are going to be projections from the un incomplete wounds from our childhoods thinking, wow, I wasn't loved. So if I can get that body, have enough Instagram followers, make enough money, then I'm going to finally be enough. But then we're not able to truly allow because we we're still trying to get certain needs met. So the question shifts from what do I, I limited, I small, I want to a different question. What, to me, the question in surrender becomes, what is it that, Tuning in, what is it that wants to express to me? What is it that life wants to express to me? What is it that life is seeking to create through me, write through me, podcast through me, speak through me, uh, purpose through me? How is it that love, life wants to love through me? And then to feel, to listen, to attune, to feel the deepest truth in your heart and open to that, allow that, and then act. So it becomes a yin yang internal Tao, internal dance within yourself. It's the a wholeness. It's, it's the Tao. It's the wholeness value. As, soon as, as much as I'm in my small eye, I'm separate. I'm yes. separate. And it's me against the universe in that, in that place, which is a terrible place to try and live. Like I'm separate from every single thing. Every el everything else is I, I'm separate from that. And now everything is going to feel like a struggle. And I am going to feel like I have to force and, and struggle against everything. But if I can recognize my identity here, which is I am of this, I am part of this. I am still myself, but I am of this too. I can learn how to tap into this and listen. I love that. You know, the way that I, I, I phrase it is what wants to be lived through me and as me, yeah. right? What's want to, what wants to be lived through me and as me in this moment. And then I still need to bring that effort. I still need to bring that young energy, right? Yes, that there's, yes. a, there's a place, but if I'm cut off from that, then I'm going to be struggling. I want to tell a story that comes back to the surf thing. When I was in Hawaii years ago, sitting on the beach, and I watched these guys come down, pasty white, probably just flew in from Ohio, Ohio and had their rental boards. And it was at Sunset Beach. And it was, it was not a friendly day to go out, but they didn't know. Mm -hmm. They were oblivious. So there's like four of them. They grab their boards and they start to paddle out. And I shit you not, within five minutes, they had not traveled more than 20 feet from the beach because the, the water was moving at them at such a rate that they were just forcing and there was no way to go it. Now, if they knew what they were doing, they would look 50 yards up the beach and see that all that water was rushing back out. 
that's the that's the Tao. That's the flow. That's the thing that we're talking about. That would allow them. They wouldn't have to do any effort at all. It would just take them out to sea. One of them started to ease down that way and take off, and that's when the lifeguard drove over on the four wheeler and, and hauled everybody out because he knew then he'd have to go out and swim and get these guys back in. Mm. But that's the piece. Is like when we don't understand these energies and these forces around us, we don't see ourselves as part of that. We we only think that life is a struggle. <clears throat> and we don't even look to see like, well, where, where are these things moving? Where can I tap into them? Where can I tap into something that's bigger than me to assist and allow that thing to happen? So I, I love that you brought up the, the surf analogy because it's easy to see in the water. You can see people struggling against those things. And you can also see where people learn how to just tap right into it and let the wave do the work. Yeah. I think, I think when we surrender and then we realize that we are part of the wave. We are part of the ocean. You and I, we are a part of life and we surrender to being lived. Then we're able to open ourselves to, you know, maybe you thought your purpose was this thing, but it's really this thing. It's bigger. It's bigger than you can imagine. And I think like, what, like, do you have an example of, uh, cause I, I, I can see where people are like, Oh, my purpose is to be a billionaire and blah, blah, and, and, and whatever. Okay, and then, so, so, so for instance, you know, I've been looking at a lot of the great ones, like, um, uh, Martin Luther King, you know, he, he had a little church and they approached him to be the head of the civil rights movement for a while. And he said, no, 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 because he knew he had a nice family, a nice church, a nice, a nice life set up. But eventually I think he got to a place where he felt like there was something bigger. This, this vision, this, this thing was bigger than him. And sure. He could have lived a nice, comfortable life and maybe still be alive today. But I think the world would have been very, very, very different. I think they came to a point where he felt like that wave, that there's something bigger that was seeking to happen, a purpose that was bigger than him. You know, there's so a gnawing in ourselves. When there's there's a knowing, there's a, there's a feeling, there's a knowing. I think to hold that back is what's painful. And to open, when we truly surrender and allow, and we become available, Yes, show up, do the work, but we become available. What I have found for myself is, is I think what life, when we get ourselves out of the way, what life can do through us and manifest through us is beyond what we can do on our own. So I think the key is the availability and to not get so attached to what we think we should be doing, what we think something is, what we think you know, to get so attached to a specific outcome and stay open, give 100%, go in that direction. That's authentic. But sometimes the goal that we set is not really the goal. Sometimes the goal that we set is an evolutionary process to move us in a certain direction so that we can learn lessons, meet people, grow and evolve so that we can actually become who we need to become in our own sort of mental, emotional development to be able to fulfill the mission. Mandela spent 27 years in prison, 27 years in prison. Could he have imagined that? Could he have planned that? Would he have wanted that? Probably not. But I think <clears throat> that was his necessary path. And that was the necessary wave and evolution of what life was seeking to express through him to prepare him, to develop him, the level of compassion that he probably had to develop, the level of forgiveness, the level of understanding, the level of meditation, the level of connection, the level of surrender, the level of, you know, empathy that probably that time gave him to develop so that he could become the great Mandela who was able to develop that soul force to move the world. You know, that, that period of time was what was necessary. And so I think sometimes life has bigger plans than we can fathom with our conscious awareness. And so to me, 
the openness and availability is key. And when I always say when things, when things don't work out in the way we want them to work out, we often lose our shit. You know, when things work, don't work out or unfold, or we don't hit certain goals. I think it's actually, it can be grace of the universe. And so in those moments, we tend to get depressed. We tend to force, we tend to feel like a victim. We tend to collapse. But in those moments, I would invite people when things don't work out according to plan, step back, get curious. I think curiosity is such an important key because we think we know what that means. Uh, this means that, well, Maybe in the moment when things don't work out, we're often not able to see the entire picture and how this event is connected to a bigger unfolding of life and how maybe that moment is a necessary puzzle piece in the tapestry of our evolution, which doesn't make sense in the moment from the level of the ego. So rather than resisting that, I think it's so important to say, huh, what can this mean? What's great about this? What is the opportunity? What can I learn? How can I grow? How can I evolve? Because I think the universe life is always working in the process of our evolution for our highest growth, even though we can't see it in the moment. All right, let's chunk this down a bit because I can imagine there's somebody listening that's like, I don't know, I have no, I, I, don't, I can't even relate to Mandela. I can't even relate to King, Martin Luther King. Those guys were just, I mean, they're just, they're, they're godlike in our culture. But they're, but they're not. That's the thing. Well, I, but I know, but in, the, in this guy's world, let's just come back to him. And he's like, I'm in my prison, which is this corporate gig, right? Which is like, you know, let's, let's see if we can help that guy out, which is I'm looking at 27 years of the same thing day in, day out. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? So you brought up two things, right? Which is, being open to things, but then also having this being fixated. And I always think that this is an egoic thing. That's this vision. This is why I, I love to make fun of people's, I call them the Southern California foam core vision board because it's usually egoic, right? It's not really, usually. It's, no. it's like, this is who I think I should be. I should this be. is who, and, and we get fixated on this image yeah. instead of that allowing in that moment yeah. to moment yeah. listening. All right. That's yeah. another, but we can go into that deeper. So let's come back to this openness that we talk about. How, how can we help this guy be more open to seeing himself as less separate from his surroundings and less separate from all the fabric of the universe and more tapped in? What, what can you recommend for him there? I think, you know, if he's, if he's working, yeah, look, surrender can be practiced anywhere. You know, if you're in a relationship that you hate, it takes a level of surrender to acknowledge that and perhaps make a shift and let go. You know, if you're in a job that you is not, is not fulfilling, it takes a depth of surrender to acknowledge that. So I think, you know, I don't know if we spoke about this in, in a previous interview, but I think one of the first places people can start is, or I should say this way, one of the things that tends to keep us stuck as human beings in our prisons are uh, all the ways that we lie to ourselves. As human beings, we are constantly lying to ourselves to preserve our identity, to preserve, to, to keep ourselves safe, to preserve what we know. And so I think where we can, where we can begin and start is the willingness to just begin by being honest with ourselves, like really looking at, okay, what lies am I telling myself? I hate my job. No judgment. No, no need to even put pressure on yourself to make a decision like I got to leave because sometimes we're afraid of being honest with ourselves because of the consequences of, oh shit, if I'm honest with myself, then I'm going to have to leave my job tomorrow. I'm just saying, 
begin surrender by just acknowledging the truth of what you really feel, which is, I hate my job. I know this is not the reason I, I'm not fulfilled. I don't want to do this. And just sit with that. Just feel that. Just, just allow be, it. Just, it may I, not just, even be forever. It just could be just surrender. Moment. Just surrender to that in this moment and just feel how it feels to just acknowledge the truth about what you feel. You see, in so many ways, when you acknowledge the truth, you will get in touch with the pain. And it's beautiful to get in touch with the pain. But in our culture today, we're afraid of feeling the pain. We judge the pain. We think the pain is wrong. We think the pain is not spiritual. But I'm actually saying that the pain and feel what the non-truth or the lies that you're telling or the self-betrayal will feel what it's costing you really feel what it's costing you. What we tend to do that keeps us stuck in the prison is we feel the pain and we distract ourselves. We sex it away. We pawn it away. We drug it away. We eat it away. We, we work it away. We shop it away. We travel it away. We social media away. We Netflix away. We, we, we whatever it is to numb, to, to anesthetize that pain, to allow us to just continue for 27 years. So in a sense, we do it to ourselves. And so I would just say compassionately tell the truth. And allow yourself to feel the pain, get into relationship with the pain and see what emerges from that. Because to me, pain is not bad. The pain is a signal. The pain is a friend. The pain is just because some people might say, well, information. How, do I, how do it's information? How do I know if I'm lying to myself? Usually there's some level of pain there and that pain is not bad. It's just information. It's an alarm signal. Something in you is working because when you're not living the truth, when you're not living in alignment or living on purpose, it's supposed to be painful. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like rocking your shoe, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not living in alignment. I'm lying to myself. I'm cheating on my wife and I'm supposed to be happy. No. Yeah. Oh, it's I'm totally aligned in my life. I'm, yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to feel off. And so if we're willing to just go, okay, what is this pain trying to show me? What is this pain? What is this pain showing me about where I'm not in alignment and just begin by starting to tell the truth to yourself. You don't even have to put, take action, just be with it. When we don't acknowledge the pain, when we don't and we resist the pain, what will tend to happen is we'll start feeling depressed. What will tend to happen is we'll start kind of energetically creating blockages in our life. Life doesn't flow. We will unconsciously create drama or sabotage our life. We will, we will start attracting to us people in our life that start to represent the pain that we're not feeling, you know, or we will manifest some kind of dis-ease or illness in our bodies because yeah. we're suppressing. And so just surrender to the truth, feel the truth, acknowledge the truth and feel how that feels. And that begins a process. It begins a process. It's not like a formula where they feel the truth and then this and then that and then that. But if you just feel the truth, it starts to marinate in your heart. You know, it starts to burn some things up inside. You start to feel some things and that starts to facilitate a movement, a movement in the direction. And I think I that's what's, it can be gentle. It doesn't have to be drastic. Surrender, sell yeah. everything, go to India, nah, divorce nah, nah. my wife, separate from my kid. No, no, it's just like take another step. Even if it's a little 10% more each day. Okay, what's an action I can take? I hate my job, feel what I feel. Okay, while I'm working my job, what is an action I can take towards the life I want? 
And then maybe it's as simple as every day because you're acknowledging the truth rather than being in denial, knowing that this is not what you want to do. And you're really fully acknowledging that then that frees you up to start making a transition over the course of a few years, even as a small way, not in a big Mandela way, in a small way to say every day, I'm going to spend one hour every day working on my vision, working on my purpose, working on creating the direction of where I want to go. I'm going to sit in a tent in my backyard. I don't know what it is, but then I'm at least going to take a walk every day and vision what it might be. Yeah. You know, write about what it might be. And so, so this way, at least you're being proactive and moving in the direction of what you want rather than staying stagnant and stuck and in victim mode of I'm in prison for 27 years in this job. I hate. Yeah. Let's come back to some really important things in there that you said, you know, so that this, this truth telling, right. What, what typically happens is that truth shows up, but then we attach judgment to it. We attach meaning to it. And exactly. so I love that you said, let's separate that. We can, we don't have to, we don't have to attach this meaning. If this is true, then it means this, my life's shit or whatever, you know, or I'm a failure or I'm a bad person or whatever. Like, can we let that judgment and that meaning go and just come back to what is true in this moment? I like this. Yes, I don't like you. this. Just allow it. Just yep. allow, this is what I'm feeling and yep. just allowing it. And when we don't do that, the image I got was, uh, you know, a, a, a pot of water on the stove. And I, now I'm going to put a lid on it because we can't allow this to be there. What does that do? It, it just increases the pressure. It increases the, 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 the sensations that we're feeling. It just makes it even worse. So if we, if we're tired of feeling that pressure, like we're stuck and can't and hemmed in and everything, it's like, let that, let that come off. Uh, let that lid off, but it doesn't have to come in the form of aggression. Like I'm going to go out and ruin everything and, and tear everything exactly. down. Like this, this exactly. kind of destructive behavior. It's just like allowing that truth to be, and then coming back and then, okay, what actions can I align with this truth in a healthy way, in a healthy, in a healthy way, in yeah. a constructive way, instead of, okay, I had this epiphany on a retreat or on the meditation cushion or in a conversation, but then I stuff it again. No, no, no. We want to so surrender. What you're hitting on surrender is not being passive. It is, what you just said, what actions can I, to surrender to the truth is now to then take action. You're surrendering to the action that is needed. That's You're honoring surrender. it. You're honoring, honoring it. it. Yes. Yeah. This is how, and then it changes. It continues to change. Not like I had that moment back in May and I'm all good now. It's like, no, no, no. You are continuing moment to moment, day to day, listening, 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 what's true and mm -hmm. allowing that to come forward and allowing that to inform you. And then, and then that is a process to, to bring into your life and, and to tap into that inner authority, that inner, inner wisdom. You know, two, two things. I'm loving this jamming, bro. Two things is when we feel the truth, sometimes we go into denial. Like if we were to just break surrender down, I hate to do this, but if we're just to break surrender down just for the logical mind for a moment, let's yeah. just say there's like seven phases. Okay. First phase is we're living unconsciously and we're just, living the patterns of our parents that were passed down to us. We don't even know what we don't even know. We're just living our life. Okay. We marry who we marry. We're working a job. We're, whatever religion we are, we will pass down to us. We don't even question. We're unconscious and we're also in denial. That's where we begin. Then we start to listen to the new man podcast. You start questioning like, huh, this trip guys is making me think guy's, about some. This guy's going to fuck up my life. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's it's making happened. me think about some things, you know? And so we're in denial or then we move into resistance. The ego starts going into a state, state of resisting the change, resisting the shift because we've created an old identity and structure that we're afraid of letting go of because we think that's who we are. Then we move into a stage of, we'll call it negotiation. We start negotiating in our minds. 
well, this relationship is not that bad. And he's got, she's got potential. And if I just do this and don't do that, then maybe I can, maybe I can, you know, we, 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 bargain. Go, we, we bargain, right. Maybe I can still have four Big Macs and a milkshake, but work out once a week. And, and I, it, it's no. So there comes a moment where you bargain and you negotiate, then you realize no matter how much you bargain and negotiate, nothing is changing. Shit's going to be the same and you have to start getting real. And this is kind of the phase we move through. Then the next phase is a stage of acceptance where you, where you go, this is what it is. And this is a maturity. I think for, for stages of uh, as a man to start taking responsibility, this is what it is. This is who I am. This is my financial situation. This is my health. This is the state of my relationship It's screwed up. It's not where I want it to be. And unless I take some responsibility, nothing will change. No one is coming to save me. This is what it is. So oh. it, it's definitely an evolution and it's an important stage. I think of development for human beings, for us men to go, this is what it is to get in touch with reality, to, to change reality. You have to be in relationship with reality. However, you can be in acceptance, but still be resisting inside. For right, instance, for instance, and this is, this is going to be interesting now. For instance, let's say it's raining outside. Okay. And you don't want it to be raining outside because you want to play with your kid and your wife and family. So you accept this raining. So you take an umbrella, but you're bitching, moaning, complaining, freaking, why is it raining? And I hate God. And ah, it's always raining. And you're just moaning, groaning, but you got the umbrella, but you're just bitching for two days that it's raining outside. Upset, pissed off, not fully with your kid who's running around. And you're just angry that it's raining because it screwed up your plans. You're in acceptance, but internal resistance. The experience that I'm having is not the experience I should be having. I should be having some other experience that I'm having right now. That is always a source. Any moment of suffering, if you check your mind frame, uh, what I just said, the experience I'm having is not the experience I should be having. I should be having some other experience. It's always going to be at the structural foundation of the suffering. Now the gap between reality and my ability to accept that this is reality. It doesn't mean resign, reality. like give mm. up, but this is reality. We're going to start. But, but surrender, bro. Surrender is not acceptance. It's a stage beyond. And most people don't realize that most people stay frozen in acceptance and don't know. Surrender is the open hearted participation the open-hearted participation with the process of life that is unfolding in the moment. When you, when you open-heartedly say, okay, I'm going to fully participate with this. Two things help. Number one, when you kind of trust, when you trust, we could talk about this separately. I believe, and it's a belief, the universe is always working for my highest good. The universe is always working for my highest good because it's always evolving. Even if I can't see it right now, the universe's intention is constant evolution. So I believe, Miku, the universe is always working for my highest good. This was something better. So that means if I really trust that inside of myself, and I've just seen it in my life, right? And that's why I've kind of come to that realization. If something leaves, if something doesn't work out, I start getting curious and going, what else could this mean? What better thing that I'm not able to see right now is seeking to show up? And so with that understanding, okay, let me, let me not resist. The second thing is if we're souls and we're souls beyond just this physical body, we spirit, souls, energy, consciousness, we incarnate into this human experience. I feel this is kind of an analogy that if we're souls, we incarnate into this human experience to learn, grow and evolve. 
then life is the classroom for our soul's evolution. Life is simply, let's say, the university for our growth and evolution to learn lessons. Every single situation, every single dynamic, every single experience, every single relationship is our teacher and is our curriculum. And if we really understand that and look at life, not just from an egoic one-dimensional standpoint, but look at life from a, let's call it a, a soul, a soulistic viewpoint, like, okay, then even if we're in a difficult situation or difficult challenge that can be hard to surrender to illness, situation, financial crisis, rather than going, this happened to me and that happened to me and it's happening to me and looking at it from the level of just the story, he did this and they did that. If we're able to drop deeper, look at it holistically, then we start going, what is my soul? What is, if life is a classroom, this is my curriculum. What is my soul? seeking to learn from this dynamic. Why did my soul, what is it my, that my soul is seeking to grow through and evolve through? And then at least we can surrender, not to the situation. You might still have to take people to court. You might still have to get the divorce. You might still have to make hard decisions, but then you, you, you free yourself up to learn the soul lesson for why you attracted that situation. And I think when you can surrender to that, it frees you up to face the daily practical realities of the situation, taking someone to court, breaking up, you know, writing a cease and desist letter. I mean, whatever it is, it frees you up to handle it with a lot more spaciousness in your consciousness. However, so that's the open-hearted participation. Just, okay, I'm going to run in the rain. I'm going to enjoy this moment. I'm going to, I'm going to like, I lost my driver's license. So there must be some reason. So let me, let me, let me not collapse into victimhood. Let me fully engage and participate with what's happening. This is big boy pants. One one <laughs> This is what it really means to put your big boy pants on. Cause we can't yeah. do this. If we are in that collapsed child you victimhood, you if we're just whining and complaining, no, it's not a creative space. Yes. And so to essentially say, okay, this is what life is showing up. This is what life is bringing to me and acknowledging it, being in truth of it. Right. Okay. How is this a gift? I don't, maybe I don't even have, maybe I don't even have to believe in this soul stuff and all the other things that you're talking about, but I can at least come to this and say, What's the gift here? I could be curious about that instead of how do I perpetuate my victimhood story? Which serves nothing. Which serves nothing. Just keeps me small. I could step into my power and say, all right, what's the gift here? Let me look for it. There's a gift in here somewhere. What is the gift? Even in the most terrible yeah. of, such, of scenarios. And we've all seen how the arc of those stories can play out. And Amazing things can Amazing yeah. things can happen. I you think never, if, people, if people look at just the piggyback and then... then you know, I'll, I'll shut up for a second. But if, if people look at, if you look at what things you really wanted to happen and you were so attached to that goal, that dream, that relationship that didn't happen, ask yourself, how did it work out? How did it work out better than you imagined? I think we all have references for how it worked out better than you could have imagined. And there's, look, there's a relationship, there's relate, maybe, you know, folks, you've been in a relationship and you really wanted that relationship to happen. And you were sure that person was the one, like they're the one. And then you look back now, five years, 10 years later, and you go, that didn't thank happen. God. <laughs> Thank, thank, thank Krishna, thank Allah, thank Buddha, thank Bruce Lee, thank Muhammad Ali, thank freaking, you know, whoever you want to thank, thank Santa Claus, that didn't happen. 
didn't happen. But we can't see it in the moment. So I think can't see it. we have to trust. So yeah, so I don't want to trivialize those those no. events, but can we also in the in some part of our mind say at some point this will be a gift. So at some point can I find that gift? Maybe not in the moment. Maybe I maybe I'm gonna be upset in that moment. But at some point, I'm going to find the gift in this. And then number two is, again, part of the big boy pants here was like, what can I learn? What can I learn from this? And again, we can't do that if I'm in, if I'm in my poopy pants and shuffling around in my diaper and, 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 you know, going to sit here and point fingers and blame and complain. Look, if you're going through a challenge, of course, it's difficult. Yes. I I don't want to, and I don't want to, I don't want to create a thing here where, Okay, an event happens, so I shouldn't be upset or I shouldn't no, no, be. No, 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 no. no, no. That, We're going to talk bullshit. about that. We're going to yeah. talk about that. You know, it's important. But, but I want everyone to realize if you are going through a challenge, if we really, if we really surrender and, and kind of shift the paradigm to understand that the real purpose of life is your evolution. The real purpose of life is the evolution of consciousness. The Ferrari you drive, the business you build, the what you have, the house you have, none of that shit you take with you. None of that shit you take with you. Nothing you have in this physical domain you take with you, zero, other than the evolution of your own consciousness. That's it. Nothing else. And if we really understand that life is about evolution, that's the game, that's the goal, that's the purpose, then it shifts our perspective to say, well, this challenging situation, this crisis, this difficulty, if I'm going through it, it must mean I'm ready. I just want everyone to realize if you're going through a moment that is difficult, it must mean there is a lesson, but you're also ready to learn and graduate. And there's something in you that can handle it. Otherwise you would not be going through it. And many times difficulty or the crisis, I call it is the graduation ceremony or test that you are facing right when you are about to go to the next level. So congratulations. It's not easy. I I can appreciate that, but I'm curious how you arrive at that. How do you arrive at that? I've heard this before and I I don't know if you've got an answer or not, but this idea of like, okay, you're, you're having this scenario in your life because you're ready. Do you have anything to kind of point to that, that helps us understand? Yes. I, I, I think that, and I've seen it in my life, you know, I think that, there comes a moment in our life where we outgrow our current level. We've learned what we needed to learn. Maybe we've achieved a level of success. Maybe we've done what we've needed to done. But I think there comes a moment in our life where we have just sometimes outgrown our current paradigm. Way of thinking could be a paradigm as a way of thinking. We've outgrown you know, even maybe you've achieved a level of success. And sometimes when you achieve a level of success, doing what you're doing and it, you stop growing, you, you just, you know, maybe you're just phoning it in. You're just doing the same thing because it, because, because it works and you're succeeding, but you're not growing anymore. I'm okay. Sure so these events too. are showing up. They're kind of like, boom, so here's your, here's your next evolutionary catalyst to put you to, to, to force the breaking point, like the caterpillar into the butterfly, to force you to shed the old, to expand into the next level of version of yourself, because those challenges in crisis actually will really, a good challenge in crisis will force you to practice everything you've learned up until now, 
and put that into practice and embody it, but will also force you to tap into parts of your own psyche, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, parts of your soul that you didn't even have access to before that by tapping into it and expanding will cause you to expand and grow and become more. So a good freaking crisis is a blessing because it will force you to go and access parts of yourself that maybe you didn't even know was in there. You didn't even know it was in there. And that's the growth. That's the evolution. Life doesn't care about our comfort, man. Life doesn't care about our convenience. Life cares about our evolution. And if we go, the game here is evolution. It's the evolution of our consciousness. We can then use everything and anything for evolution. However, one thing I'll say, between acceptance and surrender, to really move into that surrender, and you kind of triggered that point just now, to really move into, okay, I'm going to really surrender, requires the phase, there's, there's, a, there's a phase in the, middle, in the middle that most of us miss. I call it grieving. Between acceptance and surrender is phase, we'll call it phase six, it's grieving. Grieving is to feel the feelings. We just talked about that, feel the feelings, acknowledge the feelings, honor the feelings of, see, surrender is a death. Surrender is a death of who we thought we were, death of the old, death of an idea, death of a dream, death of a, some death, uh, death of an old identity, what we thought we were going to be, who we thought we were. And so it requires a letting go. And grieving is a way to feel and honor the past and the releasing and the letting go, not a wallowing, but an honoring so that we can release that old energy and open to the new. We often don't allow ourselves to grieve because we think it's going to last forever. We think we won't be able to, to handle it. Sometimes, you know, the spiritual folks, and I'm one of those too, sometimes, you know, we think, uh, I want to stay in a law of attraction, right, Trip? I want to stay in a high vibe. Grieving is not a high vibration, so I'm not going to allow the grieving. And so high vibe, high vibe. So we suppress the grief, but we don't realize that whatever we suppress energetically stays stuck inside of our nervous system, if we're talking vibration frequency, and we will end up carrying that energy with us. And as a part of our hearts, if we don't grieve an old relationship, if we don't grieve, you know, an old, the end of a business, then there's a part of our hearts that won't be, that will be carrying the old with us. And there's a part of our hearts that won't be fully open to the new relationship, the new ideas. So, so we won't be fully available to the new, even if we're just talking law of attraction for a second, in life, you don't, bullshit. you don't get, no, no, it's not. Let me, let me explain. Hold why. on. We've had conversation that, that secret bullshit, the secret version of that is, I'm going to think about my Ferrari every day and it's going to show up in life. You don't, you, you don't, you don't get what you think about. You don't get what you meditate about. You don't get what you pray about. You don't get what you visualize about. You don't get what you, you know, what you affirm about energetically. You get the possibility of what you get is is what you are in your consciousness. Life tends to be a mirror manifestation of your consciousness and the reality of your energy. And so I think the quickest way to manifest is not to just do those little affirmations or what have you, or yes. to suppress the grief, but it's to clear away, is to release the old energy. Because as you release the old energy through the acknowledging of the grieving, then you get lighter your vibration authentically rises at a whole nother level. And then you start resonating differently. You start feeling differently. You, you're freed up to, to love more fully and act. Grieving's another allowing, right? It's a, it's Grieving another is a part surrender. of the truth, right? Yeah. Which, and so, you know, it's, and it's also, I think a lot of us are 
you know, we talk about the hero's journey a lot, and this is part of that journey. We're going to have lots of these journeys throughout our lifetime where we lose and we surrender to this next phase and, and you go through and, and I, I love that you're bringing up the grief here because I think there's this act of this, like, Oh, I should be stoic about this and act like nothing. Mm. I'm, I'm not impacted by it. And it's like, no, let it go. Like it's part of that letting go process, part of being truthful about it. But I love that you said that there's a difference between wallowing or getting stuck in that victimhood, which is I can yeah. just grieve this and be really sad and like, Hey, I really appreciate this was there and I'm sad it's gone. And there's also an openness to that next phase. I think that's one of the trials that we go through in order to really keep moving through life. And yeah, if we don't do that grieving process, and I know this personally from my own life, where if we withhold that, we will stay stuck and it you will stay us stuck. down. And we don't move on, even if it on the outside, like, Hey, I think I'm doing good. I think I'm doing fine. And it's, it, you're holding a fucking trash can on an 800 pound gorilla. It just doesn't work. It wears you out. So yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because yet again, it's back to being truthful. I'm sad. I'm sad about this thing. I'm sad. It didn't work out. I'm angry. It didn't work out. I'm angry that this happened and it is what it is. And now I'm going to respond to it too. Yeah. And to, and to see all feelings remain present until fully felt. And so grieving, yes, is not wallowing, but it's just giving yourself the space and the time to feel here's what helps is to even take the label off of the emotion, grief, sad, just take the label off because many times we have meanings attached to the, the labels of the emotion right. and, and to allow ourselves to feel the pure energy or sensation of the grief in your body and to feel the energy and cessation of the grief in your body and allow the cycle of that to move through. Because if we really, every feeling has its own cycle. And when we allow it to move through that layer dissolves, you know, it just, it dissolves through the body, through the nervous system, through the emotional body. And I think when we can allow that things can move and grief can have, grief doesn't necessarily have a timeline, but it can happen in stages. When my mother, this is what triggered also inspired my book is my mother passed away, you know, from stomach cancer and the, it, it, the process began the end of 2016, went through a whole year. I got to be with her during that year, the best year of my life, the most challenging year of my life. But it was a lot of deep grieving the entire year. When my mother actually passed, I really grieved deep. And it was so beautiful. You know, how can grieving be so beautiful? Yes, my heart how can I explain it? My heart did break, but what actually happens in the allowing of the grieving, my heart broke open the shape of my heart, my heart's capacity to love broke open to a bigger dimension. We think that if I grieve, my heart will break and I'll be shattered. I'll be done. But what I, but I'll be done. I'm going to be finished. I'm going to die. But what I found is in the grieving, my heart broke open and my heart's capacity to love broke open. And through the grieving, I found more love for my mother. I found I was able to love humanity even more deeply, you know, and the grief just shattered the, like an egg shattered the, the form and the size of my heart to contain more love. And so I say, if you don't love the grief, you also limit the loving. You know, and you limit the grieving, you limit the loving. But if you surrender to the grieving and move through it with awareness and intention, you find that that's when you actually find your real strength, the real strength in the real strength that you can only find when you've been broken 
and you still re- you still realize that I'm you're okay. still here, that I'm you're okay. okay. That is a deeper strength than holding it all together and and muscling it through and forcing. Oh, you're describing, you know, I lost my mom at 13. She took her life. Oh, I didn't wow. I didn't grieve for 13 years. I didn't wow. even deal with it. I didn't even talk about it. Didn't wow. and you like that holding it all together that inability to really, to really be in relationship. Like I just yeah. couldn't, it was a minefield. It was like, I got you, I can't let people close to me. I got to control conversations so we don't go into places where I feel vulnerable and I don't want to explore too many things because life's freaking scary. And I can't know, I don't know what's going to happen at any time. It was just like this, I was in a ball and didn't realize it. That was normal for me. Right. That was what was, that's what felt normal. And if you ask me how I was doing, I'd be like, I'm fine. I'm rocking it, killing it. Just started a new business. Business going great. Okay. Finally get the rug pulled out from under me. I finally grieve, go through this process. I lose 30 pounds in the process, like really clean out the pipes, like unintentionally lost 30 pounds. Like I just couldn't fucking eat and getting out of the house. Like it really pays to do your grieving up front. I will say, like, don't wait until the end, but the grieving grieving diet. But yeah, that on that other side was, something I could have never imagined, which was that just that spaciousness of like, wow, I can handle so much more now. And that ability to actually be with people and to be open with people and like, let that guard down. I thought that after going that through that, that I would be even more armored because I never want to feel this way again. And I know I don't ever want to go through that again. It was such a terrible experience, but you're right on the other side of it. It was more expansive. Another version, whether you like, I love that you take the, 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 the grief out of it, like take that word out of it. It's my daughter being born. You know, there's been these phases in, as my love for her grows, just completely cracks my heart and it just molts into a larger version. I was like, I don't think I can love anymore. I don't think I, I can do it. I just can't handle it. Boom. Six months later, something else. I was like, Oh, my heart opens even more. And I feel more expansive and more loving in the world. And so how does that translate? It translates to me being more open to opportunity, more open yeah. to possibilities, more available. Yes. more available to things instead of mm-hmm. always on guard. And I, I still have my defenses and everything, but, but I love that what you're speaking to here is that there's an allowing and, and I'm in touch with something much, much deeper, but yeah, there's a ton of fucking resistance <laughs> to of get there. It's like a ton of armoring. And of it, that is that survival part of us. That survival is that thing is like, it feels like it's going to be death, but there is death on the other side. And I love that you talk about that real strength of, I can go through that and I'll be okay. That's real strength. That's real power, you know, and that's, that's surrender. You know, that's real that's surrender. Cause then we truly let go of the old. I think the next level of our life, whatever that is, requires the next level of who we are, which also does require that we let go of what is not aligned of what's not working old relationships, old patterns, old addictions, old dynamics, old stories. It requires that we let go of that. And grieving is a natural, uh, you know that you're surrendering if there's some grieving there, a healthy grieving there and to allow that to move through. And so, you know, we think, yeah, we think that if we surrender, we're not going to get our dreams and our goals and our desires and manifest this and that. But I'm actually saying, if you surrender, what if you got more, like more than you, more than you actually could imagine for yourself? Like, what if it was actually beyond? And, and, and I found that it is. It may not be what you expect. It may not be how you imagined it. But what if it was more? And what if it was better? And so that's the invitation. You know, if you want the magic, a magic, I'm not here to tell people what magic is. It could be more joy, more love, more abundance, more prosperity, more, more purpose. But if you want the magic, 
which is often beyond what we can imagine with our own logical mind, you've got to surrender to me. And that, that's, that's the, uh, that's the equation, so to speak, you know, that's the, not that there's a formula, but that's the equation. How, what route that takes us, who the hell knows. But I think we, as a culture, we try to control fucking everything. You know, we control our, even in our meditation, we try to control our thoughts, we try to control our bodies in yoga, we try to control our diets, we try to control our colon, we try to control our, you know, ejaculation, we try to control, you know, God in our prayers, telling God what to do. We try to control our pet goldfish, we try to control everything, but- Exhausting. Has that, has that really worked? I mean, if we really, if we really look at our lives, has it really worked? Has it really, not really, not really. And to me, life, this whole thing of life, it's been around for billions of years. We trust, people go, well, but how do I, we trust Siri, Siri, hey Siri, we trust Siri more than we trust our soul. <laughs> Siri says turn left, turn left. Okay, we, we blindly follow, turn right, we blindly follow. Go over a bridge, we follow. Soul says, you know, write that book, write that book, Trip. Coop, write that book. No, I can't write that book. But we listen to Siri. How do we trust Siri more than our soul? And I'm just saying, our soul knows. There's an intelligence inside of our being that is breathing you right now. You and I are sitting here. We're just being breathed by life effortlessly. We don't have to meditate. We don't have to pray. We don't have to be a good person. It's just happening. You ate uh, an apple or whatever this morning. How is it that your ear doesn't turn into an apple? There's an intelligence inside of you. The sun shines. The moon rises. The sky. Eight billion people. Whatever this cut your finger, an intelligence knows how to heal. Whatever it is that is living you in living me in living existence has an intelligence i'm saying let's let's surrender to that and allow like and see what happens allow ourselves to be lived like what happens when we allow ourselves to be lived by that intelligence that is living everything look what it did for gandhi and mother Teresa and brother and jesus to me it, it's a cop-out to say, oh, but they were just special. No, they weren't. That's a cop-out. Because when we say, oh, they're just special, they're the chosen ones, then we can abdicate responsibility and we don't have to, we don't have to step into that because they're special people. No, Trip, you have it, I have it. We all, if Jesus, okay, Jesus himself, the great Jesus said, the things I do, don't, so don't take it from Ku, the things I do, you can do these things and more. What do we say now? I'm going to argue with Jesus. <laughs> Love you, brother. Thank you for bringing this today, man. Uh, the book is Surrender. Right? Magic of Surrender. The Magic of Surrender. Magic of Surrender. Available now. Uh, yeah, man. Loving this conversation. That was a lot of fun. This is why we get along so well, too. So. Love, love you, bro. Thank you for having me. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.